born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Anyway, we're in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts. So turn there in your Bible to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12. We are now at what we consider these, the hinges on the door in the book of Acts. Because we're finishing up with God's dealing with the Apostle Peter. Chapter 13 is going to start talking about the Apostle Paul. And the location is going to be moved from Jerusalem to Antioch in Syria. And so, there is a division in the book. I explained that more in detail on the very first message, the introduction to the book of Acts. And so, here in the book of Acts, we have a couple of things that are very interesting. James, who was the pastor of the church there, you often hear of Peter, James, and John. Well, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, um, they're the one that went to the Lord and says, um, hey, we want to sit on, you know, one side on the right, one on the left in the kingdom. And uh, Jesus asked him, says, you think you're ready to, um, you know, be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? They said, sure. Well, I don't know if they really understood what that meant or thought too much about it. But hold your place right here and just look there in the book of Mark in chapter 10. The book of Mark. In chapter 10. Mark and chapter 10. And um, there's a, a simple little statement made here where they made some of the other disciples a little upset to think these two were trying to jump in there on them. If you notice in verse 35, look in verse 35, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou should have do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Well, didn't Jesus make that statement? You ask whatever you want, and you'll get it. Well, they ask. He said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? Verse 37. They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand, the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what you ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. Jesus said unto them, Ye shall. 
He was going to die, and guess what? So were they going to die. So that's where we are over here in the book of Acts in chapter 12. So if you go there to Acts chapter 12 and verse 1, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. So he was going to go after the leaders in the church. Now Herod the Great, he was there when Christ, you know, came along. And um, now this is um, Herod, and uh, he is uh, the grandson of Herod the Great. Uh, the apostle Paul was um, by Herod Agrippa II, uh, whom he had to stand before, which is later on here in the book. So it's a, uh, it's a wonderful story. And uh, as you know, all of these stories in the uh, book of Acts here uh, leads to people trusting Christ as their Savior. And uh, so now we have some problems that are developing. And so Herod believes that if he can kill these individuals, it'll stop all this problem with the church. And so he goes after him. And so he makes a statement there in uh, verse 2, And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Now, with the sword generally meant he was beheaded. So that's not a nice thing. I turned on the uh, a, a little link that I had received one time about them cutting off the head of uh, this journalist Pearl, if y'all remember that. And they actually had videotaped it, and it had been put on the, the Internet. So I clicked it on, and I watched them as they took and pulled his head back, and they took a knife about like this. And, begin, and just cut off his head. And you could hear it. It was nauseating. But I believe every person in America ought to watch that. Because it would make you sick. Well, I, I don't like that myself. And I wonder what it's like to know you're going to die. And they're literally going to chop off your head. Or cut off your head. Pulling it back and just sawing it with a sharp blade. And uh, to actually watch that take place, it's gross. And it's not something you really want to see, but you ought to remember it. And uh, I do believe that this is coming back into the world. Um, if you'll remember, in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation, it says, And I saw the souls of them that had been beheaded for their testimony's sake. Because they believed on the Lord. And these are those who came out of the tribulation period. So that means that if the rapture took place today, that's what they'll be doing to them tomorrow. And you're not going to like that. But in verse 3 he says, And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. So we got James, the pastor of the Jerusalem church, take care of him, and that pleased the Jews. Now we're going to go after Peter. I don't know if you believe in the providence of God. Why God would allow them to take, you know, James here and not let him take Peter. But Peter didn't die at this time. He died later, yes, crucified upside down. But it says he proceeded to take Peter. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Now, remember this. Generally, uh, about the 14th of the month, the Passover 
was one day. After that day, then on the 15th day, there were seven days of unleavened bread. And so this is talking about something that's they're going to wait until after the days of unleavened bread, and then they were going to kill the apostle Peter. Now, take your Bible, hold it right here, but look there in the book of Exodus. Let's see, Exodus, or should I go to, um, yeah, look at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, first of all. And look at this verse. You see there in verse 12, Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. He says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, will smite all the firstborn in the land, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where you get the phrase, pass over. Now, there had not been a word for pass over. This is just a thing, pass over. And so, when they tried to translate this into the, the English, there was no word for this phrase. It was Pascha. But there was no word for it that would be similar to it. Look in verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to, your, to the Lord throughout your generations. In verse 15. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. So this is the feast of unleavened bread. They would have no yeast in the bread. And that was because they did not take the time to let the the, the fermentation take place because they were in a hurry. Now, go back there to the book of Leviticus in chapter 23. Leviticus 23. Leviticus chapter 23. And look there in verse, verse 4. Leviticus 23 and verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their season. This is on page 156, Old Scoville Reference Bible. Verse 5. In the fourteenth day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. That's one particular day. After that, in verse 6, on the fifteenth day of the same month, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So there's seven days that are mentioned there. Now go all the way back there to the book of Acts and chapter 12. Because there's a word that's used here, and it does cause a bit of a problem. Uh, because if you'll go back to Acts chapter 12, it says in verse 4, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, and delivered him to the four quaterions, he says, of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, there's a, a problem, and so it's either a mistranslation, which is not good. I don't like to correct the King James Version. I feel that the people that were there at this time knows a lot more than what I know. But this is also a, a time where you talk about the, well, I guess it's, they were pagans, festivals, 
that they had back then, and it landed at the same time. But at the end of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then the heathen day. So some think that, well, if this word is supposed to be the Passover of the Jewish festival, well, then they translated the word wrong. But if it is a reference to the heathen sex goddess, the Ostra, then that's acceptable because that's what Herod and them worshipped. Something totally different, but it landed at the same time. So whether it is or not, I really don't know. I know that um, you and I, this side of eternity, probably are not going to solve the problem. So some say it's just a bad translation, which could be a bad translation. And it should have been just translated Passover, but there was no word. So when this was translated, you know, King James, four or five hundred years ago, then at that time people were celebrating the thing called Easter. And Easter, in the minds of most people, yes, it was about the resurrection of Christ. So you had the Passover, you have the resurrection of Christ, and you had the heathen, and they're all falling about the same time. And so some came to know the Passover, not only that particular day, but also the whole seven days. Now they're putting the whole eight days together and call it all of that's the Passover. And then you had the worship of the sex goddess and the Easter egg and all that, which is nothing more than uh, showing the signs of fertility and the Easter bunny rapid reproduction. And so um, today we have people who think that you know, the Easter bunny and the Easter egg has something to do with the resurrection. It has absolutely nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So many people hate the word Easter, and so you can call it Resurrection Sunday, or you can call it Easter, but you don't mean anything about worshiping some sex goddess. I really don't care what you call it. I know what I know and what I believe. I believe that to me, the Resurrection Sunday is when Christ came back again from the dead, and that's what I worship, and so that's what I believe. And so there are heathens that, that same period of time, worship the other. Now, as you go down through here, notice now in verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, you have a man here, the Apostle Peter, and he's taken to prison. But remember, what does Herod want to do with this man? He wants to also bring him before the people. You see there, when he made statement that he's going to bring him before the people in verse 4, he intended after Easter to bring him forth to the people for the same person of cutting off his head. So... If you were Peter, I don't believe Peter is that worried about it. Because God had already told him in the book of John that you're going to probably live to be a, a, a little bit older and they're going to carry you where thou would have not. And I believe it was a reference to the crucifixion. But anyway, he is now in prison. The people in the church all get together and are praying for deliverance of this man. Now, I don't know if they prayed for James or not. It doesn't say. Or that was just, they were caught off guard. 
But here they prayed for Peter. Church was made prayer without ceasing unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. All right, here's a man in a cell. Now, I don't know how relaxed he was, but he didn't have his shoes on. He had his robe taken off. And he's sleeping between these two soldiers. And chances are he was chained to one and chained to the other because it says he had chains on him. And sleeping between two soldiers. When he talks about there in uh, verse 4 about these four uh, quintillions, what he's talking about is there's 16 soldiers. And they have four on each shift for four watches. And so they had to watch and make sure that nothing happens to a prisoner so they don't escape. And if anybody escapes, what usually happens to the guards? They were killed. And I believe that's what happened to them. But now look what he says in verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and said, wake up. He kicked him with his foot. Can you see that? You saw that. He says, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. Now see, the angel did what only the angel could do. But what Peter could do, Peter had to do. See, serving the Lord is God doing what you can't do, and you doing what you can do. And then you get something done. So in verse 9, And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he was a vision. And Lord, he think, he's dreaming all of this. This is a dream. I'm dreaming all this. I have had dreams that I thought was very real, and that I thought that I woke up in the middle of my dream. And when I woke up in the middle of my dream, I thought that I am now really awake, and that that's not a dream. Only to wake up later and find out what I was thinking that I was awake. I wasn't awake. I was dreaming that I was awake. And I wasn't awake. I was still dreaming. You ever done that? You ever get confused? I have been so confused in my dreams, it's unreal. That's what it is. It's unreal. But anyway, he thought he was in a vision. And he says here in the last part of verse 9, But thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second word, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out. Didn't you see a movie being made of stuff like this? This is awesome stuff. The Bible has the most interesting stories of little miracles and things like happen. You know, people appearing, disappearing. The strongest man in the world, Samson, and the wisest man, Solomon. All these things that's in the Bible. These are awesome stories. I love the stories in the Bible. And um, it says here in verse 11, When Peter was come to himself, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel. Now he's fully aware, hey, this isn't a dream. This is real. Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod 
and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. He knew God has delivered me. See, sometimes we need to understand that there is a thing called the providence of God. It's where you just do all the right you know to do, and you believe somehow, some way, God is going to do whatever He wants. And you can't wait to find out how He's going to do something. Or to believe that, you know, God has things timed in your life, and that God has a reason that works behind the scenes that you don't make happen. And you just find yourself enjoying the ride. And you find out that God has allowed you to touch this person, or this person, or this thing, and so forth. There's a God, even the people who put this country together years ago, they simply did what they knew was the right thing to do, but they really didn't understand how they were going to win even the Revolutionary War. Because they knew that they were taking on the greatest world power at that time the British Empire, and there's no way they should be able to win. And when you read some of the stories about George Washington and Valley Forge and all these, like that, in the dead of winter time, they had no shoes, they had no food, they had no clothing, and there's no way they should have won anything. But they just kept on winning, kept on winning. And lo and behold, we have a country. And it says that their firm reliance upon the providence of God. Though they gave their lives and their fortunes and their sacred honor, but with firm reliance upon the providence of God. We're going to do what we do and stand for what we believe is right, even though we don't see how we're going to win, but because it's right, we're going to trust God does what God can do. That's the providence of God. Do you believe that God has worked in your life? Not because you planned it, but because God has planned it. You and I are supposed to believe that. That there's a God behind the scenes that works. And why He lets some things happen to some people and not other people, you cannot explain it. Why I am still alive and God took Hank Lindstrom, I don't know. But I know some people that have lived a lot longer than I have. Ray Stanford is 25 years older than me. I've always kept track of how old he is because I knew how old I was. He's 25 years older than me. And I was noticing the other day at the Dare to Share that um, Greg Steer, well, I'm about 24, 25 years older than him. And I thought, I'm as older than him as Ray is than me. And Ray's still here. And yet, look at how many other people that I know that have already passed away. Why? I don't know. But I believe that God has reasons on why He allows certain things to happen. We're supposed to believe it, though we do not understand it. But Peter now knows God is opening the door. God is loosening the chains and the iron door and able to get out of there without wakening the guards. God is doing this. Peter's not doing this. And he says in verse 12, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. You ought to underline that. Where many were gathered together praying. I wonder what they were praying for. 
wonder what they were praying. Remember, they were praying that he would get out of prison. Because it says down there in verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So they were praying for Peter. And I'm sure they weren't praying, oh, Lord, let the sword be swift. <laughs> Don't let him hurt. I, I, they probably were praying for his release, that God would intervene somehow. And they knew if God doesn't do it, he, he doesn't get out of this. There's some things that only God can get you out of. God will allow you and me to get in such a jam sometimes that nothing can get us out of it except God. And that's the way sometimes God wants you to be, where you have no other means of support except you just got to trust the Lord. And God wants to work a miracle, and He wants to get the credit for it. What I did the other day, I was up there yesterday at the hospital with little uh, Giovanna. And I says, um, can I ask you a question? She said, yep. I says, what does an 11-year-old girl pray to God for? I said, you ever talk to God? She said, mm-hmm. I said, what do you ask God for? She says, that I can get out of here. I want to go home. And she'd been in the hospital for so many years, you know, off and on back. I said, well, let me ask you another question. I said, if God would get you well so that you could go home, would you thank the Lord for making you well? And would you tell other people what Jesus did for you? She said, yes, I'll do that. I says, can I have a word of prayer for you? And she said, yeah. I says, can I pray and then you repeat after me? She says, okay. I said, okay. Dear Father, dear Father, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And she said the same. I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that. And then right now, I do trust him as my Savior, and I believe I'm God's child. She said all of that. Now, she may have already trusted the Lord. I don't know. I'm just, I like going over it again. <laughs> and uh, I says, Lord, help me to get well. She says, Lord, help me to get well. And Lord, if you make me well, I'll tell people what you did for me. I'll tell people what you did for me. I prayed a little bit more. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So anyway, I smiled at her. Anyway, I was holding her hand on the whole time, you know. She says, when I get well, I'm coming to church. I says, okay. She got out of the hospital this afternoon, and she came straight to church. Now, Mama wasn't there when I talked to her, but you never know what God can do and work in that little girl's life. And so um, I want you to pray for her. Uh, I don't know the situation or what's happened concerning her leukemia, the test, or the cancer. Did you know anything, hon? Did she say anything? Okay, so just keep praying for the little girl. And always believe that God can work things that are beyond us. That's why we pray. But anyway, it says here at, um, in verse 13, And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to a hearken uh, named Rhoda, which is the name of a rose. A lot of the, the girls, uh, they would be named after like a lily or a tree or a plant, something like that there. So they had a lot of names like that. 
But it says in verse 14, And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And said unto her, they said unto her, Thou art mad. Now remember, they're in there having prayer meeting, praying that Peter would get free, and he's at the gate, and she tells him, and it says, you're, you're crazy, girl. You're mad. Well, nothing like faith, huh? Nothing like faith. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.